Hello and welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. Yes, I have my arms and hands going all over the place because <laughs> my name is Sean and I'm joined by the Evolving Wild Twins, Josh and Luke. I'm what's up, Sean? This week, but yo, what's up? Yeah, you making a no- mental note to switch our names? Yeah, one of these times, one of us should introduce it just to like get a different feel and throw off the <laughs> listeners, right? <laughs> and I'm gonna get all animated, you know, when I do it, just to to pump myself up for the podcast. I, don't, I right? just don't think you guys get animated. <laughs> we don't, don't get animated. You don't think I? You don't think we get animated? You mean in so our s- movements? Speaking of animated, I almost sent you this video, but I saw Have this you seen guy Frozen. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I just wasn't. It wasn't got anything to do with the animation. Okay, but I almost sent you this video. I saw on TikTok of a guy who went to the Minnesota State Fair, which I saw you guys went to the Minnesota State oh, Fair, yeah. and you guys oh, were yeah. talking about the Minnesota State Fair on last episode when we had nothing to talk about. <laughs> and I, he he has the hacks to life, and I thought it was great. So I'm not like sure if you guys saw hacks? this place. Are you talking about? Yeah. So he went to, like, was there, like, an A&W booth or something? He went and got yeah, a root beer yep. somewhere. He gets a root beer filled three-quarters of the way full. And then he went to the. I saw there was a um, nitrogen ice cream place. Uh, it sounds right. Yeah. yeah. So Wouldn't he took a me. scoop of vanilla ice cream from the nitrogen ice cream place and put it in the root beer. Yeah, that's, sounds that, legit. That's a top notch root beer float. Because the thing is, is like there's no like the flash freeze ice cream is the best because there's no ice crystals, right? Because it's so cold. Okay, I don't know if I've had this type. You've never had. You've never had like nitrogen ice cream. I I've gotten in trouble on on Twitter for saying that I think ice cream is extremely overrated. So uh, it is I don't overrated. Really... <laughs> it is overrated, and we can go over I that at a different time. But the way <laughs> no, it works, we've never had this nitrogen, this space age ice cream that you're, you're talking like space age. You're you like take liquid dots? nitrogen, so they take it. It's like a milk mixture. It's like a flash freeze. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They yeah, take yeah. a milk mixture, they pour it in, they put liquid nitrogen in there. And because it freezes, or yeah, like freezes or it forms at such a cold temperature, there's no like crystallization that happens because the freezing happens so quickly. Yeah. Okay. And so it's a really smooth like texture. It's yeah. it's very different. It, it's it's much better. Like, so we should, you have you're it, saying that we should try and have it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But yeah. that no, that is a good life life hack at the state fair. State fair hack. I mean, well, that's so the root beer. The, that, root, the root beer stands are. It's not NW. It's like they just have root. Well, it might be. I actually. So we'll get in the state fair maybe a little bit. But I'm very set in my ways with my state fair foods, and I'm usually not a, a root beer guy because I don't really drink. I don't drink pop anymore, um, and so it's all just like water, uh, and I don't really go for any kind of pop or fountain drink or anything, and so. Um, I don't go to the root beer, but that does sound really good. No, uh, I'm sure it's really good. But I will say that this is a classic state fair tradition is mix and match with a lot of the foods. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, well, the, the number one is you go to the, I'm sure, well, I don't know. Sean is not paying attention. No, We're he's just not. Gonna, he well, said his piece and he's. What other one? I was trying to figure out, so we were talking about Nespresso oh. <laughs> before this. Well, yeah. Hold on. So first of all, before... Well, actually, we weren't really that razzled when we started, but Sean did not know who George Clooney was uh, <laughs> when we were talking ahead of the episode off air, which I personally think is insane. I think that's absolutely insane that you wouldn't know who George Clooney was, um, mostly because he's got to be like probably the most famous American actor of the last like 20 years. Well, more. what do you got? Tom Hanks. Yeah, maybe Tom Hanks. You know who Tom Hanks is, right, Sean? 
Yes. Okay, so you know Tom Hanks. He's probably more famous. Um, what I'm maybe like to... Morgan Freeman, maybe is like also up there. I would I would think maybe Denzel Washington. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. You know, Matt Damon, maybe. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, Matt Damon's up there. You know all of these people, Sean, right? Matt Damon, yeah. That we've mentioned, He's but George big Clooney. Into crypto now. I mean, George. Anyway, so Sean. Anyways, Sean was so talking just, about an espresso. So the last, the last point about the State Fair. This is a classic. Is taking one item from one booth or oh, yeah, stand. Yeah. And combining it with another. So the classic tried and true is there's an iconic vendor called Sweet Martha's Cookies. If you've heard about the Minnesota State Fair, you've probably heard of Sweet Martha's Cookies. Maybe. But it's everyone gets Sweet Martha's Cookies. They're like fresh baked cookies that come in like this tub. And you get like... 48 smaller little cookies and they're that's like a pretty exact number there bro. i think it's four dozen i was watching a, a video oh, really that's the, uh, the estimate of how many cookies anyway so you take this tub giant tub of cookies and then you walk down just a little bit or like a block or two to the west and there's a stand that's all you can drink milk for two dollars this is the classic <laughs> if you go to the all you can milk all you can drink milk stand it's locally sourced dairy and Everyone there has a bucket of Sweet Martha's cookies because you can buy milk at the Sweet Martha's cookies vendor stand, but nobody does. I mean, some people do, but it's much better to just take the tub yeah. of cookies, go down to the $2 all-you-can-drink milk uh, stand, and then you just get milk, endless milk. But I, I would caution that people don't actually try to drink as much milk as they possibly can because mm -hmm. one year when we went, uh, and I don't know, Sean, maybe you've had this experience. We had a challenge among our friends to see how many who could drink the most milk. Uh, and I think I had about eight cups, maybe ten cups of milk. I think it's like, like twelve ounce cups, like a yeah. You and know, like and a, I honestly have never felt worse after I had that much milk. You know, you hear about like <laughs> it, I think it's a, like baseball how they have like the like if you can drink a gallon of milk, right? Like it's like challenges if you could drink a gallon of milk, which I think is actually physically impossible. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure, um, like eating content contestant. Anyway, we're going way off the hold race. Hold on, I want to just here. look this up. Is it possible to drink a gallon? We have stuff to talk <laughs> about. I mean, At this not, rate, we're gonna not really. I mean, it's got to be possible, but that's well just to like, keep it down. Health dot how stuff works. A gallon milk challenge is not only difficult to complete, but also dangerous. <laughs> Drinking a gallon of milk can overload your kidneys and cause your cells to swell. So it's uh yeah. Yeah, I've I've read many times that there's a Wikipedia humans, article about milk chugging that that uh, <laughs> that humans drink way more dairy than they're adapted to consume. I've that's I've heard that, uh, and so because like our bodies aren't really supposed to be ha in taking in that much dairy, so it's I think a lot of people uh, I don't know I don't really drink I just mostly have cheese now I don't drink milk anyway. Oh, I I'm learning this that the stomach, the human stomach can hold approximately half a gallon. Uh, of mm. liquid, it seems, and so uh, it can. That's what makes it difficult. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> and it's. It says this is what Wikipedia says. It is often claimed that it, the difficulty of re retaining milk is related to lactose intolerance, the inability of many people to metabolize lactose, a major component of milk. Uh, Sarah Ash, an associate professor of nutrition at North Carolina State University, finds the theory unlikely as the symptoms of lactose intolerance occur in large intestine rather than the stomach. So basically, it's entirely based around your in your stomach's inability to hold that much liquid in a short amount of time. Anyway, so the more you know, you know, the more you know. <laughs> I can't believe you talked about milk for that Well, it's just, it's, it's, we're it's a milk fun, country. We're a milk know? country, baby. <laughs> yeah. We want you, you know, but anyway, Sean, you got to make a trip. If you do make a trip to Minnesota, you, I mean, Maybe it's just the locals, but like they're real. I you saw it probably floating around on TikTok, all the state fair stuff, right? 
Like, I'm sure that you saw some yeah. videos. Every year there's a bunch of people from around the country that do stuff about the state fair. Yeah, it's like one of, of the better state fairs. Well, it's the assume. largest in the country. Per, no. per day. Is it bigger than the Texas it's, State Fair? So per, per day, uh, per day um, attendance is bigger. The, state, the Texas State Fair lasts like twice as long, but the Minnesota State Fair has more people per day that attend it. So technically, it's I think technically big, on total visitors. I mean, it, I guess it makes sense. You have like less stuff to do in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa! Mm-hmm. Whoa! Sean's been to Texas. He hasn't been yeah. to Minnesota. Therefore, he has the Texas bias in him. Yeah. Anyway, if they doubled the size of the state, the the number of days, I'm sure that it would it would beat the Texas State Fair because literally everyone in Minnesota, not everyone, but it's like probably ninety percent of the people you know if you live in Minnesota, will go to the state fair. That's what it seems like. Yeah. It's, it's like almost almost most people I know here, I know a lot of people who went to the state Anyway, enough talking about that. <laughs> enough talking about this, about George Clooney and Nespresso and whatever. We didn't even talk about we that. We didn't. We don't need to talk about that. That <laughs> was already, off air. We're already almost 10 minutes in the episode, and we've just Yeah, been... let's take a break. <laughs> it's because you talked about milk for about five of them. All right, we'll cut that out. Sorry, listeners. No, we're not going to cut that. <laughs> we out. might have to. We might have to do a little uh, uh, disclaimer if you don't want to hear about. No, it. really, there just hasn't. That's that's what we went to the state fair last week, uh, and then JT Miller signed. Those are the two th- big <laughs> things that happened in the last week, uh, and specifically. Uh, well, also we'll get to this. Our fantasy hockey projections were released, but uh, yes, John, what do you, is, is JT Miller? Where do you where does he rank among your favorite players in the NHL? <laughs> Silence. No response. <laughs> Uh, what's his guard projection? Probably between five hundred twenty fifth and five hundred. <laughs> oh, that's pretty. That's pretty spot like exact numbers there. Um, <laughs> five hundred. You say twelve? Five hundred what? Twelve? Five hundred twenty second? Uh, five hundred twenty fifth to. Okay, so he's in that. You have a tier. What's what's that like? Like. I don't know. I'm just making up numbers. Like I don't. I don't have an order of players. I, I don't know. Want. I've just been hearing about Jake. I don't even know if I have a consistent order like top. You don't five. have a top five. I don't think okay. so. Yeah, that would be ordered. That would be like number one's Chucky. Yeah, it's... Charlie McAvoy. No, Austin Matthews. <laughs> no, number one John Tavares, McAvoy, and then Bergeron, <laughs> and then DeBrusque, and then Coyle, <laughs> and then Eric Paula. <laughs> <That's a random laughs> <laughs> is he on the Bruins this year? I don't even know. He's moved. He to was, Sweden. yeah, right. No, no, no last year well, he was this past year. Yeah, I'm traded. saying just like you know, past okay. year. All right, enough with this nonsense. Okay, um, yeah, but that, yeah. So I guess we will talk. We will touch on JT Miller very quickly. Uh, he signed a seven year extension with the with the Canucks uh, at I think it was eight million per year, um, which admittedly came in well. It came in a lot lower than what our contract projections were, but he was not a free agent this offseason, so it's not something that we would evaluate on. Um, I think that our projections had him a little over $10 million per uh, per year, which is kind of insane, but if you look at his points, it, I guess, kind of makes sense. So um, I think the rumors were that he was looking for something like nine nine or more, uh, and I guess he just settled at $8 yeah. million. I mean, I've um, been hearing Canucks fans talk about JT Miller's next contract for, like, it seems like a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Honestly, like, well, what, he's 29 uh he, he's 29 yeah how did i not know that yeah he's 29 signed for seven years uh yeah it's basically the uh oh, wait boy. did he wait i'm getting mixed up huberto didn't extend did no he did extend right well he got traded and then extended with calgary yeah so it's kind of like the same thing right i mean like more or less um 
What do you mean? Unless, well, it's a similar deal, I'm saying, I think. To right? Huberto? Sean, correct me if I'm wrong. Luke doesn't know what he's talking about, really. I mean, it's kind of similar, but Huberto's 10 and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm right. sorry. So you're just paying for the difference? Yes. I, I was saying that they're in a they're, or the they're kind of sense. similar players. Both of them, I think, are. I'm pretty sure Miller's 29. Maybe I'm maybe I'm confusing that. No, he is 29. Yeah, and they it's both 29, are. 29, five months, and 24 days. Yeah, so they're there all. You go. And they're both all. I mean, I don't actually think that you could get more off, only offense than JT, what JT Miller's done the last yeah. three seasons. Um, specifically, he did put up 99 points last year. No, I, I know, and and he's been you know doing work with the Canucks offensively. And I did see a quote <laughs> from him. I'm saying that he uh, he's wants to try and work on his defense this coming season, which is a uh, you know a fun little tidbit from. And I want to work on eating less sweets <laughs> and drinking less coffee. I mean, here let's see, let's let's check the XGAR uh, among forwards. Let's let's take a look at his well, even strength defense. I feel like if you are trying to be better at defense when you just sign like a giant yeah, contract, like I think it's like a little bit too late. Like, congrats, <laughs> yeah. you got paid off yeah. of like points, which is how contracts like, work. That's, that's yeah, where you get paid. And you know that's your last big NHL contract. Like just sit yeah, back and just, relax well, it's, for it's, the next. It's eight kind years. of funny because a lot of his he's just he was put on the, like I think Josh you tweeted about this, but like he's so bad his shorthanded defense rankings. Yeah, I did tweet about this. I thought it was really interesting how he's played so much. Uh, I don't remember exactly what the numbers were. Well, but he's he, 14th worst in shorthanded defense over yeah. the past two seasons. And he's, he's played like almost over 300 you know, minutes. His I think. defense, his even strength defense, isn't exactly as bad as I thought it was going to be it's, yeah, over the last two years. I mean, I think he's. It's a combination of even strength defense, shorthanded defense, and also his penalty, num- penalty numbers are all yeah. not particularly great. So he adds a lot of value at even strength offense and power play offense, which I think everyone kind of knows. Um, but it's more that everything else is just not really there. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think overall it's kind of an interesting contract because it's like you, you know you sign a 29 year old all offense guy to seven years um, at eight million. But I actually think that you know you kind of it's kind of a steal of a deal if you want to think about it that way um, from from compared to market. Uh, but at the same time, it's, I don't know. I just I think signing think a, that's a little a player different. like that to seven years is just really risky. Like I think that it's. It always is. It always is. Like you have when players haven't really shown a strong defensive game, I think they age, you know, I mean, not great yeah. what, a lot what, of the time. What's the best contract that's been signed for a player who's like say twenty eight or twenty nine long term? Like what who signed the like who actually Bergeron. Yeah, probably. well <laughs> did Bergeron sign a full I don't know what his last contract was. Is that his previous was. contract? His previous like contract eight years it? or something? I don't know. Sean would know this more. Because that is the answer. I don't really remember to be honest yeah. with you. Was too young. <laughs> whatever, whatever Nichols can just sign. <laughs> yeah. Uh, previous contract for Bergeron was six point eight seven million for yeah, eight years. Eight years signed in in starting oh, yeah. in uh, the twenty thirteen off season. Um, he would have been okay. So I was yeah, he would have been twenty nine, yeah. right? So well, yeah, he would have been twenty nine. Yeah. So I think that's actually probably the answer. Did Pavelski sign a, like a super long deal, like? I don't know. Those are the we were recently talking about like players who kind of have just like broken age curves again, and Pavelski is definitely one of them. But um, yeah, I uh, mean, yeah. So anyway, yeah, Miller signed with the Canucks, uh, and that's it. That's the only thing that's happened <laughs> in hockey. <laughs> well, men's oh yeah, hockey. sorry, yes. Men, men's hockey. Yes, we had, we had the women's worlds, which was fun. I know you guys didn't really watch. I only watched. Yeah. The, I- I watched like one prelim game and and the gold medal game. The pro- but 
it was tough to watch because it's over in Denmark, right? So for you guys, you guys aren't even up. Well, like when the games are on, yeah, yeah, is that yeah. when they? What, I, and I, what are they? Yeah. Stream, what are they broadcast on? NHL Network. Okay, so we don't get NHL Network. So here. like streaming is is so that was a problem too. It was like I couldn't really stream it uh, much either. So it was like the weekends I, I was yeah. able to watch. Yeah, like here's but, the thing: like we have ESPN Plus, and then we have like a Comcast like sports package thing to watch like wild games because they're those are the only ones we can't watch in ESPN Plus basically. But the sports package thing didn't come with NHL Network, which is really annoying because like. <laughs> A lot of the time, like the premier games would be the Leafs game that was early, and that would be the first game. Like, say it was Leafs versus Lightning, you know, that during the regular season. It seemed like the Leafs were on NHL Network a lot, and that was like an interesting game that was early. And it was like, but instead we had to watch the Flyers. Yeah, <laughs> instead we had to watch like the Flyers in in like I don't know. Yeah, the Flyers uh, play Flyers like the play Devils. the Canadians or yeah. something. And it was <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I could either watch the Leafs play. The Hurricanes or Lightning or something, or but I can't because they're on NHL so, Network. Yeah, we watched a lot of the Flyers last season. I'm <laughs> kind of I'm kind of curious who we're going to be watching a lot of this season. But yeah, the NHL Network we don't get. I guess we should maybe look into getting that because. Um, but yeah, if it was yeah, it was on in the morning. We also have been very very busy the last week or two with our fantasy projections and just getting those ready. So it was a little bit like I had to kind of focus on that and not let myself get distracted by um, other stuff, mostly because we. Uh, kind of realize we're like oh shoot we got to get you know we got to get on these I yeah guess. well we have to get those out and then we have to do our, our our team projections uh for the next season which i'm currently in the process of uh working on but we had to take kind of a break to finish the fantasy projections and those are i mean we'll talk to that i i think hold on i'm gonna call an audible here i think we should take a break because i want to <laughs> get more coffee okay Luke wants more. Can we take more? Can we take a break to so I can get more coffee and then we can come back and talk about the fantasy? Sorry, you, Luke, you're so, you said this off air before we started. You got to spin this like we need. We haven't let our sponsor. Oh yeah, come no, on. No, our sponsor. They call. I called my brother and I said, "Hey, <laughs> Josh, I haven't heard the ad spot in a while. I'm gonna need to. <laughs> you're gonna need to go to break next did episode. Did we do an ad spot? We did an ad spot in the last. No, one, we didn't. didn't. No, we didn't. No, it was like a 50 minute episode with no break. No, our, our sponsor is our sponsor oh, really? is getting uh, a little bit um, irritated with us. They're gonna stop yeah. paying us. Do you think people think this bit is funny? I don't uh, think no, people I think don't. it's absolutely no, absolutely not. No. Not, not at this, <laughs> at this point. point. It's, it's not Sean's fault. Point. He's the one who yeah. started doing the bit you about are. how uh, how we have a new sponsor or how we have to give our sponsor airtime. <laughs> Well, congratulations because this is the first episode that we have a new sponsor. So, <laughs> but hold on, just we can let everybody listen to it. Just to put a back. button on it, though. But the women's, it was the world's, right? Then. That's what it was. I'm sorry, I'm I'm really yes. bad with like these, like I I the world IIHF, right? Canada won. IIHF tournaments. Okay, so yes. I don't like men's or women's. I don't know anything about these how these work at all. So, like, that's the thing for me is, like, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Anytime there's a IIHF, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know more. You know, I mean, we're very open that I don't, I'm, I'm, you know, we focus on. Well, it was very interesting. Czechia actually medaled for, like, the yeah, first I saw time that. So I saw they like got that. bronze. Yeah. Yes. Canada won gold. Impressive. And then Japan beat Sweden to finish fifth. Really? really? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'm completely removed from this. I wish that I would have, uh, kind of, pay- I think, Paid more. Well, I didn't realize it was going on. It was big. It was yeah. big. Yeah. Upsets. Well, I and I saw some stuff on Twitter, but again, we were we were just really focused. Because was on... it U.S. got? So, did they lose to Canada in the final? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Won. So then, who did? Who did? Was it Chechia? Is that who won bronze? 
You said yeah, against Switzerland. Switzerland. Okay, so they beat the Swiss. Oh, that's interesting. Really and because this was was this all age groups, or was it okay? Yeah, okay. So it's yeah. not like yeah. under twenty two or whatever they do with the other stuff. I don't know. There's all these no, it wasn't different tournaments. the The big women's tournaments are at the Olympics, the under eighteens, and the just regular women's world okay, championships. Yeah, that's right. And so Canada swept this yeah. this twenty twenty two. Yeah, they seem to be they can't keep getting away with it. Yeah, right? they can't keep getting away with it. <laughs> I won't let this stand. You know. I won't. But anyway. Um all, all right. right. So now well, we should Luke, go to break. Lucas Luke really wants our sponsor to, to let us uh, uh to to get the get the voice out. He really just wants I do more just coffee. Want more coffee. But we'll be right back after Luke gets awesome. some coffee. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL goals above replacement, regularized adjusted plus minus, skater contract projections, visualizations, charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Welcome back for the second time from our unplanned break that Luke decided to have. So I think now that we're we're back and we're in the right mindset and Luke is more caffeinated, I think he's on his second cup of coffee with oh, his yeah. very strange mug with it's like it's an over engineered mug. There's like a little arch in the bottom and there's like a seven for the handle. I'm it, not going to get into this too much, but it was a gift from a friend. Shout out Cody, our friend Cody. Our friend Cody. It says put. Is chip Cody an and engineer? Sip. Uh, no, <laughs> no, he's not an engineer. I just no. don't understand the handle. Like I understand the golf part. All right, so, I just don't okay, understand the handle. It. I will. I will explain what this mug is because people can't see this. Maybe if we got a YouTube podcast, we'll. we'll people can see this. We need but to get those like round lights. It's a pretty the, standard looking mug, uh, but. The bottom of it has an arch that, uh, like, if you set it on the ground, you could putt a golf ball through it. And the whole mug has golf ball dimples on it, so it kind of has golf ball texture. And then the the handle is looks like a seven. It's a very angular handle that I actually think is pretty uncomfortable. Um, and yeah. I think it's it's throwing sh- it's been throwing Sean off this whole podcast. It just looks weird. It it doesn't go. <laughs> like, if you're gonna mug. do a golf themed handle, it should be like a golf club and a ball. Yeah, I mean, or something I, I'm like not, that. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. Like, but that's it's probably also, a lot more money to produce, right? You look a gift horse in the mouth, right? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I, I can go after. The, so, anywho, yes, the fancy projections came out, which They're I out. think was kind of the whole purpose of, of delaying our podcast recording, and then well, it was Labor Day too. Yeah, you're not going to be laborous on Labor Day. <laughs> well, we were very laborous on Labor. Day. <laughs> I know that. But... <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the fantasy projections are out. This is the second year of fantasy projections, or is it the third? Yeah, second, second year. year. Second year. That's what I thought. And um, so, little sneak peek I'll give. Trash and Luke don't know that I'm going to give this. But Mario Ferraro is projected <laughs> I already, I know to already. lead the league in block shots at 174. <laughs> uh Yeah. I Sean, actually don't know who that player is. He went to UMass, up. bro. What are you doing with your life? I went, what do you so, mean, what am I doing? I can't know. There's 1,125 players <laughs> that are in our projections. But he went to UMass. 
I could name you one person right now who went to U. No, two, two. I could. No, no, no. You can name one other, and it's not. Okay, not <laughs> including Mario Ferrara. I'm, I'm interested who the others Here. are. Uh, this one, I think Charlie McAvoy. He did not go to UMass. No. No. Okay, Kale McCarr. Yes. Uh, hold on, Charlie Coyle. No, he go to Boston. <laughs> BU. Yes. God damn it! It's look, look. Okay, they're so far apart. What did I say about the IIHF? Also, that's really hard. IIHF tournaments. I don't know anything. I've said this many times. I don't know anything about any like other. You couldn't name like Jonathan Quick. No. UMass. How how the hell am I supposed to know you went to UMass? Uh. Anyway, we're getting off topic. UMass does not matter. No. Uh. And and. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But yes, I'm well aware. I that was one of the weird outputs from the model that uh yeah Mario Ferraro he plays with the Sharks by the way uh, Mario 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 that. yeah uh, Mario Ferraro play uh, he's in our fantasy projections projected as the uh, he's tied with Connor Murphy um, so well, what's it's, the rounding here we gotta look yeah at the I mean, Sean Sean <laughs> needs the rounding which is is a little bit interesting that was actually one that I <laughs> I have it up still I can tell you what um, the rounding is on it. yeah I I went and looked into that and it's just mostly he uh I think he's relatively young I'm I think um he had a ton of block shots last season and uh I think that's just mostly the increase in the last season is kind of the, it is with the rounding he still comes out on top 174.31 versus Connor Murphy's I, 174.03. So Sean, Sean really wanted to throw us one from left field because, I mean, I think every league, everyone, no, I was going to try to be sarcastic. I don't think blocks are the most important thing in the overall, uh, the overall well, if tool. If you play categories, it could be, it could be important. Yeah, that, I mean, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah. Are you doing fantasy this year, Sean? I'm going to do fantasy this year. I'm going to use yeah. these projections. Yeah, you should. You have, are, are you in a league? I have not started a league yet, no. Do you, do you want to? You need people. We're, we already have a league that we're gonna be in, but uh, I would maybe do two, and so I could try, uh, you know, using these uh, in multiple leagues. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it um, out. Okay. So anyway, Sean really threw us off topic here, off, off the rails a little bit. <laughs> yeah, with, thanks, Sean. With the top blocks, yes. I it's a little bit weird for Ro's is leading in blocks, although I think if you look at his trajectory, it kind of makes sense a little bit there. But um, I figured I'd just give a, a quick overview of how the model works, how the tool works, uh, or maybe Luke could talk about the tool. Um, well, yeah, like we had, like like Sean said, we had these uh, these went live uh, for the first time last year. It was basically around the exact same time, I think. And um, we have a you can go on the Volving Hockey Twitter or uh, in our glossary section on the site. There's a, a cover. It, there's a section on the fantasy projections, and then we have also an explainer. Um, and people may remember this that last year uh, we had a there was a bit of a um, I don't know some. I don't. I don't want to call it drama, but we had some. There was some back and forth with a few other people who are fantasy people uh, regarding kind of our takes on like projected point totals and what you should expect from skaters and whatnot. Um, so we kind of already covered this a little bit in a year ago, but I'll, I'll give a quick overview. Is basically the model is set up. Uh, it's it, it uses prior three years like we do with a lot of other models um, to project for a, pretty much every category that we can. That's usually that's like the common ones in fantasy. The only ones that we don't currently have, although I think we might add these in the next week or two, um, are goalie shutouts and overtime losses, I think, and also skater game-winning goals. So those three, we don't do projections. I'm pretty sure those are the only three that like are maybe used by some leagues. So I could be wrong. We might be missing one other one. Um, 
But yeah, and we use uh, 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 Microsoft's Light GBM framework for our algorithm for everything, which is a gradient boosting decision tree model. Um, we've talked about that before. Um, and the explainer kind of goes into a lot more detail about kind of the reasons why. And, you know, I, I, you don't necessarily, we wouldn't have to use that model. We could use something like, you know, regularized uh, linear regression or something like that, which would be fine. But we kind of like to, or I'd like to stick with the same algorithm just because there's a lot of models working here. Um, but yeah, and then we just take prior three years, uh, run models for each of them, um, which account for like everything else that we do on the site. So, you know, position, age, uh, draft status or draft position, um, and then we also include like salary information, which is pretty indicative or uh, I guess significant in terms of like projecting time on ice or games played for the next year, because especially at the lower levels. And then we also try and project every player um, in the league, which I think is a little bit different. And we could talk about this a little bit more, but um, that's just kind of a decision that we've made uh, for the site that I think works for us. Usually when we make a model, we kind of try to do every player. Um, in terms of projections and evaluating and analysis. And so that's kind of what we chose to do here. Um, I understand that in fantasy, especially in like, say, just an eight person league, you know, you only really care about, say, like 250 players, if that. But it depends on the league and the categories and what you're using. So um, I don't know. I think that's a general overview. Again, there's a lot more um, detailed information on our explainer um, that goes into some of the stuff and what we did. And But the process overall, other than um, including the prior season, you know, properly training and validating the model again. Um, I made a few tweaks here and there, um, and there's some new, a little bit of differences with some of the salary information being included, but for the most part, it's pretty similar to last year, um, and the tool is is the same. So I don't know, Luke could maybe chat about the tool just a little bit if he yeah, wanted to, I mean, he does th that. The tool is is basically um, just kind of, I built it last year. I didn't, nothing's really been up, nothing's been updated to it. It's the same thing. And you basically just select the categories. Um, you can select if you're playing in a points league, which, you know, um, would be weighting each metric separately or the totals for the week, uh, separately when you're in head to head. Generally, um, I've never played, we've never played Roto in like a rotisserie league. So I'm not really sure how that works, but this is just mostly set up for head to head. But I think that it's probably applicable to, uh, both types i think um and then you can either do categories or points leagues and then you can pick your categories uh you can set the weights for those categories and then um when you uh then hit submit it'll calculate the fantasy point value we call their fpv um, which is basically just in a points league it would multiply the projections by their predict you know specific weights and then you get a fantasy point value um there's also a FPV or fantasy point value adjusted, which is um, the raw fantasy point value, but it's centered around the positional mean. So that attempts to um, adjust for position. Um, so that's kind of a weird thing in fantasy is trying to value, um, like compare or to, to put goalies, defensemen, and forwards on the same level. Um, and so that's our attempt to do it. Um, and when I say center, I just mean it takes the like raw output and subtracts the positional mean. So like, for instance, Connor McDavid, his fantasy point value with our default weight settings and categories selected is 377 uh, points. Um, and if you just subtract the for the mean of that value for all forwards, you get 286. Um, and so that um, essentially will... Uh, normalize uh, each player per position. So that's our attempt to try to 
put each position on a comparable level. So, which is a little interesting because it does like pop. For instance, Makar in our default weights uh, yeah. up to like fourth overall, which I think it really depends on your on like the the categories you're using and the weights you're using. But on the site, I think Luke mentioned this, but you can put your if you're in a points league, you can select any metric that's available and also put in any of your weights that you want to yeah. to have it um, cater to your specific yeah. league. Sean looked like during the, when Luke was talking that he found a problem or an issue that he's going to bring up live oh, no. on the podcast. So I, went <laughs> Again. To the, I went to the categories part. Here. Okay, yeah. Maybe I'm sort of skipping ahead. I feel like a lot of <laughs> focus is spent on the points here. That's fine. But when you go to the FPV for the categories, you can't just like add them up, right? Because they're different. So you guys do Z scores. So people will notice that you have FPV yes. dash Z. And the top player... Comes. And 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 the raw FPV Z is JT Miller. We were just <laughs> yes, about. And then below that is Jonathan Huberdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, when you I, adjust, I, when you adjust because of the like, I don't know, the time on ice, I guess, and then I don't know, just defensemen do a lot more. I think like it favors defensemen. The like, categories favors defensemen. I'm guessing overall because like the top well, five end up being defensemen. So I'm not sure. I haven't actually compared this. That's what it comes out for us. So in court, in case anyone doesn't know with the Z-score transformation, that's when I said centering. Essentially what you do is you um, a Z-score is converting a rating into the standard deviation of the distribution above for a value above or below average. So it puts every single category on the same level. Um, that is our attempt to give a value for categories leagues. Um, it's not exactly, it's our attempt. And I say attempt because most of these metrics don't, aren't, (laughs) they don't traditionally work with, um, a standard distribution. So like goals is a counting stat. It would also, it would follow basically a Poisson distribution, which is a counting discrete distribution that starts at zero and goes up. And there's no, it's just all integers. There's no decimals. Anyway, when you convert that into a Z-score, it doesn't exactly work, but this is our, I mean, it does work, but it's just kind of a weird transformation. That's not really how Z-scores are supposed to be applied, but there's not really a better way to normalize the metrics in this way. So Z-scores basically keep the magnitude of the distribution um, and allow you to- For each of the metrics. For each of the metrics, it puts each metric on the same scale. Um, And so- that's our attempt for categories leagues. Now, most of our feedback from users like hardcore fantasy players are playing in points leagues. That seems to be the most popular way. And so that is just a lot easier to sum a fantasy point value for points leagues because you don't have it. it not everyone is one. Like block shots don't have a one weight versus goals, right? So. Uh, what Mario Ferraro's 174 <laughs> blocks is going to have the same weight as Connor McDavid's well, what, exactly, 46 exactly. goals? No, yeah, it's it's more complicated than that. But anyway, yes, thank you, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought I just thought I should point it out. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, it's it's yeah. a little bit tricky, and I, I think overall, um, it's been an interesting problem for I, I guess the, I, when I say problem, I mean just like something to do. So like projecting. Or using building a system that can be used from a statistical standpoint to project 
like fantasy value for players. Because at least historically, from everything that we've seen, and this isn't always the case. Like Dom, for instance, Dom Luchison, he uh, he, I'm I'm pretty sure it uses a model for his as well. Um, but there's been a lot of it is like fantasy guides are kind of more. Um, I don't want to say they're subjective, but they're not necessarily always based on a like a just a raw statistical output. It'll be kind of based on um, some other information and and some other you know kind of more. Um, I don't know, editorializing for like players or accounting for specific things. So for instance, one of the things that's maybe a limitation of ours is it's very difficult. And I tried to um, do it last year and looked into it again is it can be difficult to account for players like Johnny Goudreau, for instance, who is last season, crazy season, played with Kachuk and Lindholm the whole year on Calgary, right? And then now he's signed with with Columbus and he's, I don't know who he's going to be playing with, but um, no offense to the Blue Jackets, but it's likely not going to be caliber players like that, that line. So it can be difficult um, for a model to account for teammate impacts, especially for players who change teams. Now, I would think someone like Kachuk or Huberto, like they're kind of going to similar environments, kind of, between the teams. So it's not like there's a huge change there, but there are some things. And then another thing is, um, and we've had a few people uh, comment on this and uh, is, and Sean commented on this before, you know, we went on air is about essentially about injuries or expected playing time when we know certain things. Like for instance, we have Bergeron projected to play 76 games next year. Now, I don't know if that's the case. I think if you actually look at what Bergeron's done the last couple of years, you know, like that's, it's maybe a little bit high, but you would expect a player like that if he signed a contract to play a whole season if he could, right? Like the, the um, better example is like Chucky at 82 games. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Where well, and then, and then I'm getting to, so, to start this yeah. So I, I was using Bergeron as an example of not injury, but just kind of other things that are involved in like the backstory that we can incorporate in the model. There are players like both, I think, McAvoy and Marshan that are, they're both going to be out for, you know, a month or two, right? For the season, uh, maybe longer. Um, it's a little bit hard. I looked at this, but like you can't necessarily, it's not something that we can uh, like just throw a variable in the model and say, here is the expected time. We would have to do an ad hoc adjustment, which I think we likely will do in a week or two when things kind of get a little bit more finalized. Um, right now, there's still, um, I think, kind of, there's a lot of room for things to move. Like we still, you know, like we were talking about this last week is like Mark Stone. I also think like you don't, with injuries like that or, or off season or end of season surgery, stuff like that, where it's long term projected you know missing time it's hard to really know so we likely will adjust some things like that yeah, but i mean but it, i will i will well, also i was gonna say just, that- i was gonna just continue to say that i think from our um i think our viewpoint or i guess our place is that everything that we try to do we try to stay as objective and kind of neutral as possible and so what ends up happening is when you use these statistical techniques like this um it can be hard to account for specific things that are really well known among fans but the model and the data that we have doesn't really you there's not really a good way to account for that from an well, objective it, standpoint it's it's more of that we would need to go through every single player and say oh are they injured we would need to pull in a list of injuries and kind of reports which we would probably get from cap friendly or try to get um, try to with the data that we are, you know, we are uh, able to use from Cap Friendly, and um, get a list of injuries, and then we'd have to manually go in and adjust every single projection for players. Um, and now that's we just didn't have the time to do that at this well, point when we release them live. I do think in a week or two we will be adjusting these. I think based on some injury stuff, especially for players like we already mentioned who at least for Marshan and McAvoy, who are known injuries that likely will be out for a month or two. But it's right? also like I think that some, you know, and this is maybe a, a, uh, 
something. I'm not sure if we would be able to kind of add this, but a lot of fantasy guys will have like, you know, if you're drafting on ESPN, they'll have an injury report. Um, we just don't have that information. So that's not something that we can add. Um, and that would likely have to come from another site, which we can't put on ours because it's sourced from some other site that we are not, you know, so it's like, that's just kind of one of the, you know, potential. But um, yeah, anyway, we're kind of like just unnecessarily, nece- I, I, I suppose, bagging on the projections a little bit. But it's more that <laughs> I think that overall this year, the, the model is um, I trained it and validated it like I did with the, any other model we do on the site and so far. And everything looked to be a little bit better overall. There are some last season specifically was a very interesting season in terms of just variance overall. Um, it was like so pretty much. Well, and I could ramble about this. I'm already been rambling kind of for a while, but at least what we've seen is usually when we have a model, like say our contract projection model, right? Which most, a lot of people know, um, we've done this now for four years. So when I go to the next year to redo the model, right? Usually I'll run the model in a similar state as it was the previous year, but I'll just have the the new season of data that I'll add in. And so, um, and when I do that, I usually leave the parameters for the models at the same place just to get a baseline for where we're at. And then I'll start to kind of work on it and see if there's any issues. But at least from what I've seen pretty much, and I don't think this is specific to hockey, but when you get more observations or more samples that the data that the model can evaluate, usually the model just improves a little bit, like without doing anything. If you add in, you know, from a normal, you know, like a season of data to a model, um, it the model will just get a little bit better. That's usually what I've seen, you know, and then when you remove data, um, it will uh, get a little bit worse. That's just what I've seen. But with this year, I saw the for goals and assists specifically without changing anything, just adding in the new season there. They both got a little worse in terms of their predictive power because last season was so weird. And I, I could get into this more, but there are some things like that that do happen, especially because goals and assists are, they're hard to predict. Um, and I think that especially from like a statistical method that looks at this. Um, so there is a little bit more variance, but I actually think it came, it actually kind of helps the model overall be a little less, I don't know, chunky. Maybe it's a little smoother. I think in general, when we add a little bit more in a season like last season where there was a huge increase in overall scoring, um, it, it does make the model just a little bit, uh, I think, I don't know exactly how to put it, but um, it was interesting just to see the changes with last season. Goalies were another thing, but I'm going to stop talking because I've been talking for like 20 minutes. Hopefully like like last (laughs) season was also like the last like strange season, you know, Mm -hmm. which it's weird. Like looking back on it, the dog days were like the, the dog days in the beginning were the strange parts, right? With COVID. Uh, Oh yeah. So like, I don't know. You just kind of forget about it, especially at this point. But yeah. it was really strange. I remember, like, we had one episode where we were talking about, like, this really rapid jump in scoring in January. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, just even in, like, intra-season last year was just strange. Like, there's just different events yeah. at different points, and, like, yeah. you almost forgot about them. And there was, like, long stretches where teams were, like, super shorthanded and, like, going through goalies and... Um, well, and, and that's yeah. another thing I'll say is that I was having trouble with, and we'll talk about this a little bit, but there were like 21 more goalies who played last year than in the prior season. Like, it was just like the number of goalies that played. Granted, the, the prior season was also shortened. I know, but in that. so I looked at this. Last year, there were 119 goalies who played at least one game in the NHL. Yeah. The year before that, in the bubble season, the shortened season, there were 98 goalies who played. And the yeah. year before that, which was the leading up to the, the pandemic, there were like 
87 or like, yeah. So it's like, we just have a lot, lot, the goalie data specifically, there were just so many more goalies relative to what was average for a Mm -hmm. season. Like, and it's like you were saying is that it was just last year was just such a weird season. And I don't know if it was, I was kind of making this joke, but like, you know, about juiced pucks, but it's like, (laughs) I don't don't know. Like, I don't know if, because I know there were some reports at some point about them putting like chips in the pucks for tracking. Right. And I don't know if they changed the formulation of the pucks, but it, this is kind of the, I haven't really seen this type of a change in Well, scoring. slow down, Luke, before you start spreading rumors here. No, 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 I'm not. I just think it's interesting <laughs> to try to find, because I've been looking at it thinking, like, there's something wrong with our data. Like, did we screw something up? Like, did, you know, what did I do here? Did something get duplicated? Did all these goals get added? But no, it's just that's what well, happened. And, sorry, Sean, you look like you were going to... No, I'm just imagining. I'm sitting here imagining Luke in his art studio <laughs> right now, just like pulling it was, through. It was both of us this mistake. time. <laughs> well, yeah, and one of the things. So, I guess to clarify what I mean by, and I don't want to say that the models got worse. Um, I think it's more. So, I it we're talking like I'm in kind of Kaggle mode here, right? So, I don't know. Well, I guess I shouldn't say Kag- Kaggle is like a competition, a modeling competition. A lot of the time, I don't know. Some a lot of people are familiar with it, but. A lot of times what happens in those is that you're you're looking at like decimal places of improvement, right? Like in your evaluation. So say we're just using RMSE or MAE or whatever as your evaluation, or even I guess just R squared, you could say. Like you would look at like a difference of like 0.815 to like 0.813 or something, you know? And if that much of a difference can in certain situations actually be come off as big or whatever. But from a goal standpoint, what I found is and looking at just mean absolute error is that with adding in the most recent season that goals based on like the resampling methods we use, which is mostly just capable cross validation is that it got about 0.04 worse <laughs> from it from an actual like, goal. So 0.04 of a goal on average worse by adding it. Now that was just a little bit strange. And I went and looked at year over year changes in goal scoring for players Um and what was interesting is that from the 2021, the 2020-2021 season to last season, um, for both forwards and defensemen, it, almost for forwards, like on average per player, the change from year to year goal scoring almost went up like a full goal on average, which was like huge. I mean, on average, you could say every player was close to every forward was close to scoring about a goal more than they had the previous season. Um, and we saw some of the I think some of the biggest changes we've seen since the 2017-2018 season was the other big uh, increase in scoring that at least from what I saw um, and you obviously have like the William Carlson season but last season you have like Tage Thompson you have Matthew Shane um, you have I'm trying to think who else was like a huge increase in goal I just looked at this and I had it up so anyway the most recent season was it was very interesting I might write something about this it was really interesting to see the change um, in just the environment from last season, the year before to this last season. Uh, so that took a little bit to have to deal with and like kind of do, we didn't really do much different, but I had to like work around with it and kind of just like a, a account for it in a way. So um, I don't know, we got kind of off topic, but uh, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the fantasy was, projections are out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's more, I think that the thing is that this is just a really interesting modeling problem. And so when we say like, I don't know. I just kind of get this in my head that like I was just <laughs> I was reminded of some of the like some criticisms that we've gotten about our models in the past and people have criticized us many times for basically being like, "Oh, well, your model you do, they don't uh say when something's wrong about the model and they don't admit when they're wrong and they 
hold that as 100% truth, which is not true. <laughs> it's just that we put a lot of time in, 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 in our decision-making when making these, and we stand behind the decisions we've made because it's not like a cut-and-dry process. Like There's a lot of decisions. Whenever you make a model like this, you have to make a lot of decisions. And so what I'm basically saying is that this is just a really interesting modeling problem because the target audience is expecting the output of the projections to basically look like a fantasy draft guide. So like what, and those like basically are like ESPN had Connor McDavid projected at 150 points last year, which is insane. And no statistical model will ever give you an output like that. Like there's just no way because of how variable goal scoring and assists are in the NHL, no statistical model will ever give you something that's that certain of on a point estimate. And it's just something that's been kind of interesting to try to convert our outputs into a scale that users are familiar with, I guess, if that makes sense, which is what we do. Um, so I don't know. Maybe I can just get into that. But it's well, no, I we're, we've been kind of rambling about this for a while. But um, I it's don't just know. it's just something I'm that waiting we, for Sean to uh, to find some other anomaly in the projections so that we can have to we have to defend the model. Yeah. <laughs> but I will just just to be clear is that. It's not that we don't ever admit when we're wrong, because I think that we're very uncertain about a lot of things all the time. Uh, Sean has a very funny look on his face right now about <laughs> look something on the site, but uh, it's just it's just that we put a lot of time into our decisions, into the decision making processes for this, and uh, I think a lot of people they look at something from a projection model if they're not familiar with it. And it's kind of like they throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like they just say, oh, well, this output is wrong. So the whole model must be broken, which is like, I don't know. I, I can't relate to that type of mentality. And I think that it's just kind of, anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. Luke is just, it, it, Luke is just uh, airing grievances. Yes, right I'm just saying that it, it, it's not that we don't, 100% believe in the model and we're never going to admit quote unquote admit when we're wrong because I think that we if you ask us like yeah I'd say there's like Josh just went over a lot of bunch of things or a bunch of things about it that we can't account for I, I so, guess to yeah to, to I guess finalize this it's mostly that this is our best attempt to project fantasy value for every player in the league the, to the best that we can using an objective approach that doesn't have any input from us that's just subjectively turning knobs to make stuff change yeah and so i think that that's kind of that's where we come from that's the exact thing that we do with every model that we build and so i just think from a fantasy standpoint it gets a little bit odd because there's a lot of different scenarios that you have to count for different leagues different categories um you know different players uh, do you want to do every player? Are you limiting the players you're projecting? All these things. So we could ramble about this. I think if you have any questions about it, uh, about the projections, um, well, number one, go check them out. They're on the site now. They're on the fan on projections drop down, fantasy projections uh, for pro subscribers. And if you have any questions, if you see anything that's weird, um, like tonight, for instance, when we get done with the podcast, there was a rounding issue that led to McDavid having. Uh, the, the, the goals plus assists didn't equal the points exactly because we missed it and there was a rounding issue. So we're going to be updating these a little bit if anything comes up. But if you have any issues or questions um, or if any feedback even on, on how it works or um, how you know what, what it looks like, let uh, you know DM us, email us, reach out however you, you want, add us on Twitter, and we'd love to chat about it. I'd also like to point out uh -oh. the, oh, no. uh, <laughs> the under slash overperforming tab oh, as well. Is it, is it broken right now? No. I do think there's something wrong with it. Oh, wait, wait. 
Well, uh, it hasn't. We haven't gotten in this season yet, so that hasn't really been. Well, no, no, be... no. I was talking about last year, but I fixed. I figured out what it was. But I do. <laughs> yeah. So it's not programmed for this year yet because the season hasn't started. But I like. Yeah. I kind of like watching it as you go as you go on, and you get to see the residuals of it. I mean, I guess you get to see the residuals as they're playing out, which is an interesting phenomenon, and. I don't know. It's a, also a good way to like keep tabs on who's kind of like under and overperformed, which is, like sometimes you kind of take for granted. Yeah. Like yeah. Matthew Shane is an example. You know he's a really good player, but he did have like quite a strong year in terms of like points last year. So he is one yeah. of the overperforming players. Or um, Tage Thompson. Pod- Wait, yeah. didn't Tage Thompson happen in between podcasts? How do we not talk about that? Or did oh, they get yeah. verified? Was like that real? uh yeah when did that ha- how did we miss we, we missed like covering tage like i saw that and i was thinking to myself like this might be a hacked account <laughs> like the savers <laughs> account might have gotten hacked because i i mean i tweeted it out i'm sitting there i'm thinking to myself like if if i was able to hack the buffalo savers account that's exactly the type of thing that i would tweet out <laughs> it really would be it, yeah it would be so i was waiting for like complete verification on that and i don't uh. know if i ever saw it well, but, let's see um, if we're we're getting. I mean, I, I think we we are fair. If it's up to, on cat friendly. That's I what I'm going to right now. You know. Uh, let me just see. Tage but, Thompson, uh, extension. I mean, it's it's coming up as uh, it's it's on the. No, that was real. What do you mean? What, I know. I'm I'm just verifying for Sean. It's it seemed fake. <laughs> uh, well, it's, yeah. it's a lot of well, and I don't know if we want to spend the end of this talking about the Tage Thompson deal, but to Sean's point, and I will, and then we can get to Tage. Is that we will. We kind of glossed over this, but as the season goes on, we do have rest of season, um, you know, uh, end of season, and like over underperforming uh, metrics as well that are are projections, but adjusted for in season results so far. Um, and so you can check those out. We probably won't start updating those for like at least two or three weeks after the season starts. Yeah, it might be up to um, two to two to four weeks and, after the season starts. Yeah, but those will, those will get updated as well. So I want to touch on that because I, I do think that that tool... And the other thing is that this isn't... I guess it is just for fantasy. It's it's geared for fantasy hockey, but it's also our projections for all of the major box scores in the NHL. Yeah, so if you're interested in just seeing like where our projections are for like goals or assists or blocks, I guess if you... you know Or penalty minutes, or we did... It, it it still kind of hurts me to have to project plus minus, but that is in there as yeah. well, um, which is the only place on the site we have plus minus. Yeah, is in fa- our it's the only site, only place. I don't know who. I'm I'm assuming like the the. I wouldn't read too much into the plus minus model. Uh, it's, to be honest, well, it's, it's, it's just it's pretty. It's, I will say another. Pardon my people, French. It's pretty fucked. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is fucked. like. Projecting plus minus is a whole. Well, projecting, and I'm just gonna say, projecting goalie stats. I don't really. Yeah, it's tough. And I've I've gotten into trouble in the past. I think I tweeted something last year about. I mean, this is just mostly my my frustration with making a model like this is that it's just that it's so uncertain that it just shrinks every output, and so it doesn't look right to people. Like when you show what if you try if you take. You know, ask somebody if you know R or you know somebody and you have three years of box score stats, try to make a linear regression and then project goalie goalie wins, right? Or project goalie goals against or something. And it's just everything's going to look really smaller than what actually happens because there's so much variance and there's it's just really hard to predict those things. So it's just it's kind of frustrating i will say trying to deal with these questions that i don't have very good answers for at least we are we're doing our 
well, <laughs> I'm saying that we we do have answers for it. It's just I wish that we didn't have to do. Or on the flip things. side, you just wish that goalies were easier to project. Yes, right? that is what I really should say. <laughs> and I tweeted that, that I think you should leave. About like I don't know what this shit is, and I'm fucking scared. <laughs> right? Is the do you is, know that that meme, Sean? You you don't look like you know what that is. No. Don't you know how to drive? <laughs> you haven't seen it? Oh, it's so funny. Anyway, it's just that's how it feels with goalies. All right, a lot of enough, the time, enough. Because I I think that we we've we've been rambling about the fantasy projections. Have we uh, been self deprecating enough uh, about <laughs> these fantasy projections? Does yeah, that make people... yeah. Luke has completely swayed everyone from even wanting to look at him. I know. You know the but, the uh, no, anyway. It's, it's I the model and everything is is very in line with what it was last year. Um, we, I think it has improved overall the tool as well. Um, if again though, if you see like there's a lot of players, and so if you see anything that looks weird, like reach out to us. We we definitely try to update these if there's any issues. Um, like I said, we will be accounting for kind of long-term injuries and um, surgeries and stuff that's known we'll we'll go and update some of the projections in the next week or two um, as well just to better account for that um, but yeah overall I think that's uh pretty much it I don't think uh, I may or may not write something about it but the explainer I did last year is very covers pretty much everything I would have said this year um, the only thing interesting uh, I think that I saw is just like I mentioned the change in um, some kind of crazy goal, um, or I guess just general. Well, goalie, uh, goalie, goalie, goalie goals goal. for yeah. specifically things. Those yeah, are yeah, some yeah. really weird but, things. Yeah. And, I, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to come off as negative if I'm coming <laughs> off as negative. It's just I did a, like there was a lot of things that I had to kind of bang. No, my it, head it's against we're the, we're the day after out. we we spent all day, actually all weekend doing yeah. this and getting this ready. So we're kind of so in it's the, a uh, little bit like yeah. oh god damn it, like I really like. <laughs> But enough, it's just, Luke. Anyway, stop talking. Enough, <laughs> enough. Sean, um, what are you? What are you doing? Sean has over just there? been grimacing, looking at his screen the whole time. Tange Thompson's. Oh, uh, oh yeah. So we got to <laughs> quickly, quickly talk about Tange Thompson, and then I think we'll we'll say we'll sign off here. Is that uh, it's that was well over that what we projected? It, it makes me want to go and yell at farm animals. Seven years, fifty million. <laughs> like I, that, I genuinely was sitting here. And I was looking at my phone, and I'm like, eh, this kind of seems fake, but it might be real. And I'm not sure if it's worth me going out, and there's like a field of sheep not far away, uh, driving over to a field of sheep and just telling all the sheep, seven years, 50 million. It's kind of okay, like I, geese. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say right here, I don't think it's as bad as that Andrew McDonald contract. Uh, No. Uh, but- I think that Tage... I think he Six well. Six years, thirty million. <laughs> um, I it, it's more that it's it's I so for me, Tage was very good last season. A lot of that was driven by his goal scoring. Uh, I the weird thing to me is that before last season, Tage Thompson was consistently one of the worst forwards in the league, um, at least by our stuff. Now there's a lot of underlying things I think in Buffalo specifically about his usage, um, about how he was you know like I think he moved to center right. Like there's some other stuff that goes along, but it's it to me seems like. You have another year to see if what he did last season is at all repeatable or you can expect that kind of value again. Um, And to me, it seems like, well, why wouldn't you just wait at least? You know, I guess their worry is, and I tweeted this out, is that he's going to be even better next season than he was last season. That that has to be the only thing that they're signing him now as opposed to waiting 30, 40 games in the season to sign an extension because they're worried that he's going to be on pace to score 50 goals next season or something. And that How many goals did he score last year? Like 38. 40? 38, yeah. 
And so I, that's the only thing I can think as to why they are signing an extension right now is that they are worried that his value might go up even higher in the season next year and that they – and the other thing is, too, I mean, I, I think to be completely honest, I do think there is, I think, a history of Buffalo having trouble keeping players um, and signing free agents, and I think that there's probably some – uh, some stuff around uh, just wanting to keep Tage there and kind of keep the chemistry of the of the team um, while they're trying to build. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's – but it's a little – the timing to me is just very, very odd. Um, Does it have a no move? Uh, I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, modified no trade clause for yeah. the last six seasons. Yeah, so – I don't know. That's a. I, it's just last, the last it's point. A lot, it's a lot of money it like and a, a lot of term I think to it's give like to a, somebody who was one of the worst forwards in the league for five years and then had an incredibly high shooting percentage after moving, like getting different usage. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's a rough. It's it's a tricky one. It's it's extremely risky. Could pay off. Yeah, maybe it, it could. But. And there's a possibility that that he is what he was last season. I just think that it's. Um, just looking at his profile and, and how bad he was for so long in the league. Um, now, again, that very much could be usage. It could be Buffalo mismanaging, uh, you know, their players, which is, I don't want to be mean, but like they have a history of doing that for a long time. So it might just be that that's, you know, maybe he is like what he was last season. I, to me, it just seems a little bit odd to sign that contract right now when you have a whole season, a whole year left on the contract, uh, you know. So. And then if he's demanding more money, then just trade him because there's know, somebody yeah. that is going to pay. If you yeah. he say he's on pace for 40 goals again. What, he's seven feet tall, right? Yeah. Any team would want him. <laughs> six foot six. Seven. Six, seven, I so, think. So, I don't know. I, I kind of stole Sean's thunder here when he was looking at, uh, you know, all of the Oh, information. six, six. 100, 198 centimeters. What is that in exact <laughs> inches? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, that's my take on the Tage Thompson contract deal. But I hope, I hope it pans out. You know, I, I hope it, go, it goes well in Buffalo. I guess because we're big Sabres fans now. He doesn't uh, need your two cents, Luke. <laughs> Get it like centimeter cents. Oh, I wish everybody could have seen Sean trying to wink right there. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think we'll wrap this one up. I guess this didn't end up being that short because we ran on about milk. But. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll be back next week, right? And then um, the week after that. So he's a little <laughs> under six six. It looks like. Oh, Luke is looking for. <laughs> he's still looking. At you got to round. You got to round. You got to round up. Yeah, is it greater than point five? Then you round yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We. No, he we're getting close. I mean, what? We're are we five weeks out from the season starting? Something it, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, our our team. No, it's October seventh, the first game. It's really weird. They're starting the season in Europe. I think it's in Czechia, right? Yeah, it's like the first like two games are in. No, the our, first game is in yeah. Europe. Yeah, and so, that's on the October seventh, and then the first, and that's a Thursday or Friday, and then the first game in the U.S. or in the North America is on the tenth. I think it's a Monday. Yeah. So we're getting close. So we're going to have our team projections up pretty soon, and um, I, I think, and then uh, there'll be some other stuff. But that's. I think that is pretty much the last thing getting ready. And then we're going to be making some updates on the site and, and trying to improve some of the, the pages in the next you know five yeah. weeks or months. So yeah. um, we didn't even yeah. say that our, that our, that our evaluation of our fantasy projections last year, we didn't even like pump up. I feel like I was just really <laughs> no, no, no. Should, next year, next week I'll be super positive and I'll be around. selling it. I'll yeah. be selling them so hard. Yeah. Good job selling the, my, the <laughs> fantasy projections I worked on. Bro. I will say I'm very proud of the tool. I think it's, it goes quick. Luke's it's, proud of the stuff he worked on and yeah. not the stuff that I worked on. Yeah. Well, there I had go. to do the, all the rescaling so that I'm not proud about that. Well, that's, we'll you know, see y'all next week anyway. for another exciting episode. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Sean. It'll be great. Thanks, Sean. Take it easy.